A huge hello from the Fine Music Radio Studios in Cape Town. This is Book Choice, Publisher's Choice, and I'm your host as always, Paige Nick. In this week's show, we have three exceptional South African publishers, as well as the country's biggest bookseller, all joining us to tell us what they're publishing, reading, and selling right now. We'll start with Batya Bricker. Batya is the general manager of Books and Brand at Exclusive Books. I just love Batya's reviews. She is a passionate and wide reader with shelves and shelves of books to choose from. Can you imagine what a dream job that is? After that in our lineup, we'll be joined in the show by Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House with their latest lineup, followed by the team from Pan Macmillan telling us about their favorite new titles, both local and international. And to round off the show today, the Jonathan Ball team always have a unique, interesting, and varied segment to share with us. I can't wait to hear what they've got going on right now. And the whole lot will be punctuated with some very jazzy music this month, sourced and selected by Dave Wood and Rick Everett. And we're lucky enough to have our own music guru, Mzu Maketa, and he's on hand to tell us what we're listening to.
It's a great jazz classic, our first piece of music for the show at the Jazz Band Ball, performed there by the Riverboat Jazz Band on Fine Music Radio. What would we do without these books and this music? Right, as promised, our first segment on Book Choice Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio today is by Exclusive Books, everyone's favorite bookseller. We welcome Batya Bricker, who is the General Manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books. She's going to be bringing some of her favorite fiction and non-fiction titles to our attention. And of course, all of these titles are available at your local Exclusive Books. Fitting people with books is about as difficult as fitting them with shoes. So said Sylvia Beach. Because the magic of a book lies not simply between the pages, but also between the author and the reader, the book is simply a bridge. And the person reading can be as important to the story as one of its characters. Often, it's not whether the book is well-written or gripping in of itself. It's the fit, the alchemy between reader and book that makes a book memorable, meaningful, impactful, or life-changing. Sometimes, how the book resonates with the reader is as important as the story itself. I'm Batya Bricker, the GM of Books and Brand for Exclusive Books, and we have a feast of fiction on offer on Exclusive Books Recommends for Mother's May. There is simply something for every kind of mother in every stage of her life and every state of mind. On the shelves of Exclusive Books, We just know that you will find the perfect fit. So let's start with some fan fiction. Lucinda Riley, devotees, will be delighted to welcome the much-awaited Atlas, the story of past salt, spanning oceans, crossing borders. This book draws the Seven Sisters saga to its stunning, unforgettable conclusion. It's 1928, Paris. A boy is found moments from his death and taken in by a kindly family. Gentle, precocious, talented, he flourishes in his new home and the family show him a life he hadn't dreamed possible. But he refuses to speak a word about who he really is. Here is another epic tale of love, loss and discovery. If you were one of the millions who loved the Seven Sisters series, then this is a must. Where the Crawdads Sing, Delia Owen's 2018 coming-of-age murder mystery, described the life and adventures of a young girl named Kaya as she grew up in the isolated marshes of North Carolina. It's a book that topped the charts for months on end, even through lockdown. In the same style and context comes a book called Go as a River by Shelley Reed. They're calling it The Next Crawdads. It's another lush story of love, home, and resilience set against the backdrop of a small Colorado community. The author herself is immersed in this mountainous American landscape, and the extreme conditions is something her family has lived with for generations. So the story is inspired by tree vents, and you can smell the authenticity. Victoria Nash is just a teenager in the 1940s, but she runs the household on her family's peach farm in the ranch town of Iola, Colorado, the sole surviving female in a family of troubled men. And then there's Wilson Moon. He's a young drifter with a mysterious past, displaced from his tribal land in the Four Corners region, who wants to believe one place is much like another. When Victoria encounters Will on a street corner, 
their unexpected connection ignites as much passion as danger and as many revelations as secrets. Victoria flees into the beautiful but harsh wilderness of the nearby mountains when tragedy strikes. What happens afterwards is her quest to regain all that she has lost, even as the Gunnison River rises to submerge her homeland and the only life she has ever known. Some rivers flow quietly, softly, gently. Others are a bit more frantic, with the need to get to a destination, splashing, cajoling, moving swiftly. But both are always travelling forwards. Go as a River is a story about moving forward, even when that's the hardest thing to do, but also of finding home, family, resilience and belonging where it's least expected. If you or your mom loved Cirque, or you love the growing trend for retelling history through the eyes of the woman who lived it, Constanza Cossati's Clytemnestra is a fresh take on the person who was the most notorious villainess of the ancient world. To give you a taste, as for queens, they are either hated or forgotten. She already knows which option suits her best. Born to a king, she marries a tyrant. She stands by helplessly as he sacrifices her child to placate the gods. But this was not the first offence against her. This was not the life that she deserved. And this will not be her undoing. Slowly, she plots. But then her husband returns from battle in triumph. And she becomes a woman with a choice. Acceptance or vengeance. Infamy follows both. If power isn't given to you, you have to take it for yourself. This is a blazing novel set in the ancient world of Greece. It's a thrilling tale of power and prophecies of hatred, of love, and of an unforgettable queen who fiercely dealt out death to those who wronged her. Cassati did such an excellent job of humanizing Clytemnestra. She comes across as a living, breathing woman, and I wanted revenge for her as much as she did by the end of the book. For lovers of African writing comes a spell of good things by women's writer's shortlisted author, Ayobami Adebayo. It's a spellbinding novel about family secrets and bonds, thwarted hopes and the brutal realities of life in a society rife with inequality. When events draw together, Burola, the golden girl from a wealthy family, and Eniola, the tall boy who begs to survive and runs errands for the local tailor, their lives intertwine. Adebayo shies her light on Nigeria, on the gaping divide between the haves and the have-nots, and the shared humanity of both. This is a magnetic story with a depth of field. And then, Cecilia Ahern's protagonist Alice, in the book, In a Thousand Different Ways, has synesthesia, allowing her to see the best and worst emotions that everyone around her is feeling. She sees the worst, she sees the best. Is it a blessing or a curse? It's the dark thoughts, the sadness, the rage. These are the things she can't get out of her head and the things that overwhelm her. These are the things in everyone and all around. Where will the journey to find herself begin? How can one master life if distraction is a steady constant in life? If these are sounding like familiar life questions, whether you have synesthesia or not, like me, read on. I inhaled this book. I savoured every sentence till the end. 
In a world where the term neurodiverse is dropped at every opportunity, this was just spot-on trend and such an unputdownable read. I simply loved it. It's a beautiful story of memory, childhood, secrets, and this book really resonated with me, energetically and otherwise. I know it will for you too. If your mom is of the fiery feminist bent, this one's for her. To celebrate Virago's 50th birthday, 15 award-winning, best-selling authors from Margaret Atwood to Ali Smith took up their pens in an irresistible collection of tales for our time in a collection called The Furies. It's fun, fearless, and feminist. Dragon, tigress, she-devil, siren, wench. For centuries past and all across the world, there are words that have defined and decried us, words that raise our hackles, fire up our blood, words that tell a story. In this blazing cauldron of a book, the 15 writers have taken up their pens and reclaimed these words, creating an entertaining and irresistible collection of feminist tales. Exquisite writing with strong feminist overtones, with a brilliant introduction by Sandy Tosvig, which, uh, where she talks about the thought that went into creating the Virago imprint in publishing and much more. Together with the smorgasbord of fiction on offer, there is an outstanding memoir that reads like fiction, although it's bone-chillingly true. I Am Ella by Joanne Joel is Ella Blumenthal's eye-wateringly traumatic and grim story of survival and loss through Auschwitz, Treblinka and Majdanek. It's impossible to pick up the first-hand account of a Holocaust survivor without being moved, and you will be moved. But you will also, dare I say it, be entertained. The book is filled with colourful anecdotes and lively details, the crunch of ice under ice skates, or the taste of Domnaski chocolate melting on the tongue of a small girl in Warsaw. It's these details that Joel captures so brilliantly that make the memoir come to life, and we get a taste not of the legend, but the human being that is Ella Blumenthal. Unsentimental, brave, determined, and naughty. Always a little bit naughty. Ella Blumenthal sleeps with the curtains open. She wants to see the sunrise every day. I think we should all live like that. So whether you're a mom, have a mom, or you're a mom to children, fur babies, books, or a home, indulge in all exclusive books has to offer this Mother's May. Have a happy one. Thank you, Bertha Bricker, General Manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books. That was fantastic. If the book you seek does truly exist, all you need to do is ask at your local Exclusive Books. Or, of course, you can look online at exclusivebooks.co.za. I'm a little jazz bird, and I'm telling you to be one too. For a little jazz bird is in heaven when she's singing blue. with regret but you're out of date you ain't heard nothing yet until you sing a thing oh, when the going gets rough you will find your troubles all have flown if you wobble your stuff like the moaning of the saxophone 
A lovely fun song. We love music of the Gershwin Brothers here on Book Choice, the publisher's choice. That was Little Jazz Bird sung by Maureen McGovern. Who's our next publisher, Paige? Welcome back to our second segment of Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. So for this next bit, we're joined by Viz Chetty, who's the sales manager at Penguin Random House. The Penguin publishing team always has a fantastic selection of fiction and nonfiction on their shelves. All right, Viz and team. Tell us about Penguin's latest fiction, non-fiction, and children's books. Over to you, Viz. Hello, and thank you for having me back on the show, Paige. Um, I'm so glad to be here. This is Viz Chetty, and I'm coming to you from Penguin Random House. Each month, I bring to you some of the best titles that we have um, available coming up in the following month or even in the current month. And uh, I'm glad to give you five more in-house favorites. I've chosen specific titles that have become in-house favorites. So meaning the Penguin Random House staff have been reading these for a couple of months and they've been raving on about it. So I'm here to bring it to you because they are now going to be reaching stores in May. Right. The first one is um, a great book that's uh, come our way. We're so glad and happy to have this book. It's called uh, Go as a River by Shelley Reed. Um, and the story is set over four decades and follows the life. It's a coming of age story of a young woman named Victoria Nash. And she lives in a town in Iola, Colorado. They own a peach farm and it's set just above a valley where 
usually you wouldn't get these fruits growing there. And she has lost her mom at a young age and sort of has become the only female in her family and that she's surrounded by her father and a brother and an uncle who she takes care of. On a chance meeting, she meets a man, a Native American man by the name of Wilson Moon. And after not being treated really well by the other men around her, he's a refreshing, welcoming person in her life. And they slowly fall in love, but they keep the relationship secret because in the 1940s, it was suddenly frowned upon. Um, this relationship. So it as the as the story progresses, you learn about this child that she had with Wilson Moon and what happens to this child, and you learn about the fact that this town is going to be reconstructed um, in a way where they're going to actually build a reservoir over it. So they offer the residents some money and move them over, and they flood the town with this reservoir. And She's looking back now from the 1970s on her life and how far she's come and things she's, she's missed and things she uh, wishes she had done in the past. It's a, it's a wonderful coming of age story. You cannot go wrong with it. I think uh, this long spanning, if you like stories that have a nice long narrative of four decades and um, it covers themes of discrimination and love and loss and motherhood. You're going to love this one. It's a debut novel, but you would not believe it's a debut. It's it's that well written. So the story, the, the, the book is called Go As The River by Shelley Reed. Watch out for this one. I think everybody's going to be talking about it next month. All right. The next one is The Half Burned House by Alex North. Uh, if you've read The Whisper Man, it was a great book that he wrote in 2020 during the height of the lockdown. People, readers back then were reading a bit more and they loved this novel. He writes really Really high-end intellectual thrillers, and this one is no different. The Half Burnt House will also be in our stores next month. It's a story told in four parts. It covers it, it has a serial killer, two estranged siblings, some police detectives, and a very, very intricately well-woven plot. I wouldn't go too much into it because the plot is a little complicated in terms of explaining it, but when you're reading it, you'd love this note. So if you're a fan of intelligent thrillers or mystery novels, this is the one you should look at. So The Half Burnt House by Alex North coming next month. All right. And then the next one, this is one of my personal favorites. I couldn't wait to bring this to the show. I wanted to talk about this for a few months now. Uh, and I'm so glad that I finally get to talk about it. The book is called The Making of Another Motion Picture Masterpiece by Tom Hanks. Yes, you heard right. Tom Hanks, the actor Tom Hanks, the beloved Tom Hanks. He did a book with us a while ago called Uncommon Type, which was a collection of short stories. And readers love that book. So this is his brand new full-length novel. It's his first novel, um, but it's well, well put together. So again, the story spans decades. It starts off in the 1940s after the war. A man comes home to his family after the war. He meets his niece, uh, his nephew and his niece for the first time, and he makes quite an impression on this young this young boy, his nephew. The nephew goes on to become a great artist and, and, and an illustrator, and he does this comic, which he based on his uncle about this guy who was a war hero. And in the 1970s, he publishes this comic. Fast forward to the modern era, this comic ends up in the hands of a very famous and popular director, and he decides he's going to make this comic into a superhero movie. And from there, you learn about the whole process that he put together to make this movie happen. So it carries us with different characters, who are all linked up beautifully from the uh, development of the movie to the prep, to the casting, to the actual shooting of the ma making of another motion picture masterpiece. It is so well put together, so well written. And as I said, it's one of my personal favorites for the year so far, and I hope you enjoy it too. Tom Hanks, another making of a motion picture masterpiece. Another one for on the local side this time by Michiel Haynes. Probably know him. He's a well-known South African author. He's written some really great books for us in the past. His new novel is coming as well in the month of May. It's called each mortal thing and it is a story that's set in mainly in the uk but our main care one of our main characters is from here 
Her name is Natasha, and she's written um, a reimagining of uh, Olive Schreiner's story of an African farm, but from the perspective of a young black woman. Um, and when this novel comes out, she gets a lot of attention and she gets nominated for a major British uh, literary award. And she decides she's going to go to England and receive this award in person. There she meets a young man who, he, his name is Andrew. He's decided to host her. He works at the university there and he decides he's going to host for a few weeks and eventually falls in love with her. Um, but our main character, Andrew, he's the guy who this whole story is centered around and it's about relationships and it's about kindness and it's about the, the relationships you have with people you know, people you've just met and people you don't know at all. He's, he becomes friends with a guy who, who sits outside the train station with his dog and, um, you know, he has a good Samaritan complex so to speak so this book each mortal thing by michael haynes is a brilliant novel it's written he hasn't done one in a long time so we're glad to have him back on the list right and then the last one is spell of good things by adebayo ayabami adebayo try and say that 10 times in a row she gave us a really great book a while ago and we're so glad to have her back on the list the book was called stay with me if you have read it i'm sure you you fell in love with her right then and there so a spell of good things is about two people uh, who come from very different worlds one comes from a sort of privileged background her family managed to get her educated and she's a doctor and the other one comes from less fortunate background He's a struggling young man who comes and crosses paths with this woman. And it's all about power. It's all about uh, the wealth and how it's unevenly distributed in, in this town. And it's a wonderful novel. And that's her brand new book coming up now. It's called A Spell of Good Things by Ayubami Adebayo. And that's the five books that I have for you this month. I hope you enjoy them. I'll be back next month with some more great ones. We've got a great list for Penguin this year. And um, I hope you enjoy them. So thank you very much. A big thank you to Viz and the Penguin Random House team for this delicious selection of books. It really is something for everyone. For more info on any of the titles they mentioned and their shelves of other books, you can visit penguinrandomhouse.co.za or follow them on their social media. Just look for Penguin Random House South Africa.
short and sweet it's music of leroy anderson jazz pizzicato and we heard it performed by richard hayman orchestra here on fine music radio a big welcome to the show to the pan mcmillan team headed up by nkanyezi shabalala who's the head of communications at pan mcmillan this is nkanyezi's first show and we're thrilled to have you on board and are really looking forward to hearing about what you've been reading and publishing welcome to the show well, good morning. My name is Nganyezi Shabalala, and I am the Head of Communications at Pan Macmillan, South Africa. I'm thrilled to be speaking to you today to bring you some of the books that I have been reading, some of the books that I'm looking forward to, and just an exciting array of some of the exciting stuff that's coming out of Pan Macmillan. So please bear with me and excuse me if my voice is slightly raspy. I am recovering from a cold. That said, we all know the best companion when restricted to being indoors, possibly under blankets, is a good book. So I'm going to jump straight into it. For the month of April, I loved Kate Morton's Homecoming. So Homecoming is the best way to describe it, I'd say, is a love letter to Australia. So Kate was in her home country just before the pandemic started, and she discovered this really beautiful, unique place called Adelaide Hills, and it inspired this incredible novel, which is Homecoming. I won't give too much away for those of you who haven't read it. I think it's just a magnificent, it's a doorstop of a book, but it's well worth the effort. It is a magnificent book. It's set between Adelaide Hills, Sydney, and London. It jumps through time, so it's between the 1960s to 2019, And it is a novel about, I would say, the nature of truth. So, you know, the meaning of home and how, you know, family secrets generally have this destructive nature. But it's also a look at relationships between parents and their children. And I think also this this strong element of this desire to protect one's children from the mistakes of generations before. But I don't think I'm doing it any justice. Truly, it was a magnificent read. And if you haven't had a chance, I strongly recommend it. So that's on the fiction side for April. Um, And that was my April fiction, right? So my April nonfiction title has to be the paperback edition. It's an updated edition called The Whistleblowers by Matt. Mandy Wiener. Mandy is a phenomenal investigative journalist. She's a multi-award winning journalist. She is a broadcaster. She is a published author. She, this is not her first book, but this truly is a riveting account of, and it's truly evocative of South Africa's whistleblowers told in their own stories. This edition includes an, a, a chapter on Babita Diakaran, Most of you will remember the story. Babita was that brave woman who exposed the irregular tenders at Tembisa Hospital. I think they were to the tune of 900 million and unfortunately paid for it with her life. She was assassinated um, at her home. And the news is, it's, it's been in the news currently. I know News24 has released a documentary called Silenced, and it focuses on the Beated Dear Quran story. What I love about this book is, you know, it's not just a harrowing account of what people go through to, you know, tell the truth and the brave champions in our society who, you know, despite the challenges, despite the fear, the intimidation and the very real threat to themselves and their families, they tell the truth. And I think it's it's truly inspiring. You know, Mandy has gone to extreme lengths to interview people who are involved in these cases, sometimes the whistleblowers themselves 
and it advocates for a change in legislation, organizational support, and I think just for social attitudes to change towards whistleblowers and hopefully encourage others to have the courage to step up and to whistleblow. But it is a truly phenomenal, I mean, speaking about it, the hairs on my arms stand up because there truly are some brave men and women out there. So that's the whistleblowers by Mandy Wiener. For the month of May, I have two words for you, Lucinda Riley. That's right, the best-selling Famous Seven Sisters series has now drawn to its stunning conclusion in the book Atlas, the Story of Parsolt. Sadly, Lucinda died in 2021, but she did manage to do, well, she wrote some several important passages and she did leave some notes. And her son, Harry Whittaker, you'll see his name on the cover, has finished it. So it was co-written with her son, Harry Whittaker, shortly before the publication of The Missing Sister, which was the seventh book, so the last book. Remember, Lucinda did announce that this would be the eighth book, so the book coming would be the last book. And she promised in it that they would answer the question at the heart of the story, who is Parsolt? And I'm told that she has. So none of us has read it. It's been under strict lock and key. So we'll be reading it for the first time with the rest of the world mid-May. Um, so that is Atlas, the story of Parsolt. You cannot miss it. It's a doorstopper of a book. It's got a beautiful jacket, and I will certainly be buying a copy for my mother this Mother's Day. Um, so that's the final book in the Seven Sisters series, Atlas, the Story of Parsolt, by Lucinda Riley and co-written with her son, Harry Whittaker. Now bringing it slightly closer to home, Gail Schimmel, the talented and extremely thrilling writer, has written a new book titled Little Secrets. What are people saying about it? People who've had a chance to read an early proof, they're saying that it is utterly brilliant. It's a wolf of a thriller in suburban sheep's clothing. So this will be the seventh book for Gail. Gail has published six novels, including Never Tell a Lie and The Accident. Some of you may may know that she is one half with Kate Sidley of the best-selling cozy mystery writer Katie Gale. Little Secrets is out this May. It is going to be a phenomenal book. I call it a suburban thriller because it is. It is a thriller, so there are a lot of whodunit um, and clever plot turns and twists. But in true Gale style, it is still hilarious. There are parts of it, rather, that are hilarious and extremely relatable. I think that's just one of Gail's many gifts is to draw you in, not just with her plot and storyline, but to write extremely relatable characters. So that is Little Secrets, and it is out now in May. Do yourself a favor, buy a copy. I think it's going to be thrilling. That's Gail Schimmel. And then again, we have some exciting titles on the horizon. As I've said, loads of excitement for uh, Russi's memoir that will be out in August. The publishers sent out a press release in early February. February, so keep an eye out for that. I think it will be an amazing gift. We all have family members who are mad about rugby, so that will be Rusty, and it's written with the so talented, seasoned David O'Sullivan, and we really look forward to that. But that's me for book choice. Thank you very much. I look forward to the next one, and I encourage you, visit your local bookstores. Lots of great books coming out. Go to the Pan Macmillan website, uh, panmacmillan.co.za. We have an amazing array of books, something for every taste. And thank you very much. This has been loads of fun. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye.
Thank you so much, Nkanyezi. That was perfect. To find out more about all of Pan Macmillan's titles, you can visit panmacmillan.co.za or, of course, you can follow them online on all their social media. They do a great job on social media. And if you missed any of the titles and authors mentioned on the show, it's available as a downloaded podcast on fmr.co.za or on our app, which hopefully you've already downloaded to your phone. Ever since I started in to grow Love to hear the music play and see my dear old mammy swaying Razzmatazz, that's all I ever knew All day long I never would get through Razzmatazz, that's all I wanted to do So play me a little When those fellas go mad Cannot compare with what I got from mommy and dad So hear this jazz, baby Another lovely song on Book Choice, the publisher's choice, it's Jazz Baby, sung by Carol Channing. Find books and find jazz on Fine Music Radio. And so we wrap up the show with our final segment from one of South Africa's most loved publishing houses. Jonathan Ball Publishers have been publishing great fiction, but mostly the most excellent South African non-fiction since 1976, as well as distributing a host of phenomenal international titles locally. So welcome back to the show to the Jonathan Ball Publicity team. Thanks, Paige, and hello, Fine Music Radio. Today we're going to chat about one of the biggest literary events for the year, which takes place a bit later this month, from Friday the 19th to Sunday the 21st of May. This is, of course, the 2023 Franchuk Literary Festival. 
I'm sure many of you listening will be familiar with the festival and maybe in the habit of attending year on year. But for anyone who hasn't, here's a little snapshot of what you can expect. The Franschuk Literary Festival is an unmissable event for book lovers. Uh, it celebrates and showcases South African and international literature, authors, and thought leaders. The program spans over three days. So that's Friday the 19th, Saturday the 20th, and Sunday the 21st of May. And it's really jam-packed with author interviews, panel discussions, all of which have been carefully curated by the festival directors in order to spark progressive discourse and spirited debates on a variety of topical issues. But that's not to forget that there are lighter, inspirational and fun sessions which are guaranteed to stimulate the senses. These include a storytelling event, a News 24 business breakfast, some live performances, documentary screenings, and the very popular writing workshops are all part of the experience. The program this year is glittering with amazing sessions, many of which include appearances from our authors. Um, there's also one that includes our sales director, Sharon Naidu, who will be taking the stage to talk about a sensational video reviewing network that is BookTok and some other industry trends to keep up with in the world of publishing. I've asked a couple of our participating authors to jump on with me today to tell you more about the books that they'll be speaking about at Brunswick Literary Festival and what they'll be covering in their sessions, just as a little taster for what you can look forward to at the festival. So pull out your diaries and open up web tickets to make some bookings. The tickets are going fast. And first up to chat us through what he'll be speaking about at Brunswick Literary Festival is Johnny Steinberg, the two-time winner of South Africa's premier non-fiction prize the Sunday Times Alan Patton Award. Johnny is loved for his books about everyday life in the wake of South Africa's transition to democracy. His forthcoming book, Winnie and Nelson, will be launched at FLA. Here's Johnny. This is Johnny Steinberg, the author of the forthcoming book, Winnie and Nelson, Portrait of a Marriage. As you can tell from the title, it is about South Africa's most famous couple, their years together, their years apart, their divorce. When I started writing the book about four years ago, I thought that I knew a lot about Winnie and Nelson Mandela, and it turns out that I knew very little at all, and really discovered two people who had been strangers to me. I didn't know, for instance, that Nelson Mandela was an absolutely furious, angry man in the early and mid-1990s, and that he consciously chose to hide his anger and show a cheerful face of reconciliation because he felt that what his country needed in order to know that Winnie, while she was going to see Nelson in prison each month, was behind his back trying to orchestrate an armed insurrection, knowing that he felt that it would be a disaster. They had become so politically estranged. I'm going to be talking about this book twice at the Franschhoek Literary Festival on Friday, uh, the 19th of May at 2.30pm. I'll be talking to the historian uh, Lunipo Mokwena about it. And then again on Sunday, the 21st of May, I'll be talking to um, Joanne Joseph uh, about the book again, and that will be at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it would be great if you could join us. Next, we've got Grant Fowles, who many will know best for his work as a conservationist ambassador for Project Rhino. Together with Graham Spence, Grant wrote a book about his experiences titled Saving the Last Rhinos, The Life of a Frontline Conservationist. Grant will be speaking about his and Graham's new book, which follows on from this. It's called Rewilding Africa, Restoring the Wilderness on a War-Ravaged Continent. Here's Grant. Hi, my name is Grant Foles. I'm a conservationist uh, and an author. 
who wrote the two books uh, with Jonathan Ball, um, Rewilding Africa is the one that I'll be chatting to at the Franschhoek Literary Festival on the 20th and 21st of May. I'm very much looking forward to it, along with some amazing conservationists, Francois Anthony, um, James Henry, Billy Labaskrachny, and Nancy Richards. Um, I have written a true life stories about my careers in conservation in Africa, throughout Africa. The latest one, Rewilding Africa, is bylined restoring the wilderness on a war ravaged continent. All about the trials and tribulations of daily life in conservation, from fighting with communities to uh, restoring wilderness areas and all the red tape and rules that go with it, as well as losing a few of my peers and very good friends during the process, during COVID. Um, it is a rollicking adventure co-written by Graham Spence, who is my ghostwriter. I am very anxious to be in front of this very prestigious event, which is uh, the Franschhoek Literary Festival. Everybody has spoken about it and I've yet to be present. So I'll be coming in from Uganda, um, where I'll be looking at another rewilding project on the Friday before uh, we perform on the 20th and 21st. The subjects of our talks are New Wild Order, which is hosted by James Henry um, of Wild Earth fame, one very close to home because I'm part of Amakala Game Reserve where Wild Earth is going uh, directly out every day. And the other session on the Sunday is Recall of the Wild with Nancy Richards. Um, I'll be joined by Francoise Anthony, um, a very, very good friend of mine who's written several books and uh, we both have a very close connection in Zuliad. So looking forward to seeing you and please support the Franschhoek Literary Festival. Thank you. And now for a word from the lovely Pamela Power, whose new book, My Year of Not Getting Shit-Faced, is a very fun and cheeky but totally honest look at a working mom's drinking habits. Here's Pam. Hi, sports fans. I'm Pamela Power, TV scriptwriter and script editor and the author of a sober, curious memoir, My Year of Not Getting Shit-Faced, which, as the title suggests, is about me attempting to get my booze habit under control. And it was during COVID, so... You can just imagine. So I'll be appearing at two panels, um, at two panels, on two panels, at the Franschhoek Literary Festival. The first one's on Friday. It's called Hard Places, and it's from 2.30 to 3.30 in the Old School Hall. And the fab SJ McQuilla King and I will be put through our paces by Joy Watson. Then on Saturday, I have the pleasure of interviewing my old mate Gail Schimmel about her wonderful new domestic noir, Little Secrets, and that's from 10 to 11 at hospice in a slot entitled Home Truths. This should be a lot of fun, and I think it'll also be informative as Gail is doing brilliantly at the moment, and she's got some fantastic tips for both aspiring and seasoned authors. Now, I haven't been back to the festival since COVID, so I'm basically just thrilled to be there this year. And I look forward to catching up with writer friends who I haven't seen for ages and attending some of the wonderful panels on offer, schmoozing in the green room, and of course, sampling the famous wine in moderation. Can't wait. See you there. Fantastic. And now we'll hear from the queen of South African crime, Margie Orford, who will be flying in from London for the festival. Here she is to run you through the sessions she's going to be speaking at. Hello, my name is Margie Orford. I've written some thrillers and lots of newspaper articles. 
And the book I'll be talking about at the Franschhoek Literary Festival is my new novel, The Eye of the Beholder. It explores what happens when one act of violence sets three women on a collision course, each one of them desperate to know the truth. It's a nail-biting thriller, also says my publisher, set between the scorched red soil of South Africa, the pitiless snowfields of Canada, and the loch side of Western Scotland. Each woman must contend with the spectres of male violence, sexual abuse, and the choices that we each make to keep our souls. I am so looking forward to being at the Franschhoek Literary Festival. I'm going to be doing three events there. The first one is called Untwisting the Tale, and that one's chaired with by John Matham. On the Friday, I'm doing another one about why fiction, which is a really good question, with Rachel Joyce and Sue Nyati. And I'm really looking forward on the Saturday to interviewing a debut novelist, British novelist called Maddie Mortimer, who has written an incredible book called Maps of Our Spectacular Bodies. The thing I'm looking forward to most about the festival is just being back home. I've lived in London for some years now, and although I visit South Africa regularly, I haven't been to the Franschhoek Literary Festival for some time. So what I'm looking forward to is the whole experience and having all the writers, my friends, people I am friends with via their books in one place. And I'm really hoping to see some of you. Brilliant. And then also flying in from abroad for the festival is Marina Cantucasino. Marina is an award-winning journalist and the founder of The Forgiveness Project. She'll be speaking about forgiveness and restorative storytelling. Her publicist, our own Mariam Adams, is here to tell you more. In 2003, Marina Cantacuzino embarked on a personal project collecting stories in words and portraits of people who had lived through violence, tragedy or injustice and sought out forgiveness rather than revenge. As a result, Marina founded The Forgiveness Project, a UK-based non-profit of which Desmond Tutu was a founding patron. The organisation has no religious or political associations and it works with real stories of victims and perpetrators of crime and violence to explore how ideas around forgiveness, reconciliation and restorative justice can better the lives of others. Marina's latest book, Forgiveness and Exploration, is a culmination of all the work she has done over the years. In the book, Marina talks to a survivor of Auschwitz, to a woman whose son was murdered and to the man who killed him. She listens to someone who had accidentally killed a friend, to the tales of family rifts and reconciliation. She also touches on a few heartbreaking South African stories of forgiveness that are riddled with complexities. We are so thrilled that she'll be joining us this May for both the Franschhoek Literary Festival and the Kingsmead Book Fair. Marina will be on various panels discussing the transformative power of apology and forgiveness, alongside the likes of Tulia Madonsela, Melanie Judge and Kopana Ratele. Thanks so much, Mariam. Um, okay, and then the last word will be from the award-winning journalist and author Michael Vlismus, whose latest book plums the psychology and personality of the audacious and larger-than-life Mr. Elon Musk. It's called Elon Musk, Risking It All. Here's Michael. This is Michael Flismus, author of Elon Musk, Risking It All. And I can't wait to join the other authors and most importantly, the readers at this year's Franschhoek Literary Festival. 
It's an absolute treat to share a love for books with so many in this beautiful Western Cape town. Join me on Sunday 21 May from 11.30 to 12.30 at the Engier Church in Franschhoek as I chat with Bruce Whitfield about what exactly is going on inside the mind of Elon Musk. Is it Mars? Is it madness? Is it to take over the world? Is it to leave this world in a rocket? And most importantly, will we be able to tweet from other planets? I'm also looking forward to sharing a few teasers from the updated edition of my book, including a memorable day speaking to Elon's dad, Errol. I can't wait to see you all there. Right. Thanks so much to all our authors for joining today and to the festival team for putting together an absolute cracker of a program which I should add is available to download from the FLF website. So you can read it in detail there and plan out your FLF weekend to the minute. And while you're doing that, a last reminder that tickets for FLF are available through web tickets. We really can't wait and hope to see you there to celebrate with us in books and reading and connecting over literature and ideas. See you then. To keep up with Jonathan Ball's latest book news, event updates, and new releases, you can visit jonathanball.co.za. But did you know you can also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok? Just look for Jonathan Ball Publishers. Or you can tune into PageCast, which is Jonathan Ball's in-house podcast bringing you the story behind the story. And that just about takes us to the end of our show. From me, your host, Paige Nick, I want to say thanks to our musical maestro, Mzuma Keita, and exclusive books, as well as the three wonderful publishers who've joined us today, Penguin Random House, Pan Macmillan, and Jonathan Ball Publishers. We'll be back with our regular book choice show, packed with reviews and interviews in two weeks' time. Until then, happy reading. And Jonathan Roxmouth sends us off with a lovely tune. All that jazz. It's been great. Ciao, ciao. We shake up high and need a brand new start to 
see a shiba shimmy shake and all that jazz. She's gonna shimmy till her goddess break And all that jazz Sure, when a parker girdle Oh, her mother's bloody cuddle If she hears her baby is queer To do that jazz And all that jazz Right up here is where I store the juice And all that jazz Come on, babe, we're gonna brush the sky I bet your lucky Lindy never flew so high Cause in the stratosphere I give you landing here To do that Got no stride. 